Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlantis Sports and Talk. Again, what's the show sheet? Let's let uh, him lead the show next week and let him come up with the show sheet. Ooh. I'm, you know that's going to be the Challenge most- accepted. That's- Good evening, wrestling fans. Well, where's my show sheet? John, you have your show oh, sheet, right? I have my show sheet. You do? I have mine. Chris gave, Well, Chris didn't give me one. I don't think Chris made one. Uh, did I say that last week? Yeah. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not me. No, this is an audio fun bag. This is actually real Are audio. you sure you didn't take like clips of me from the past and put them together to make a sentence? Because I'm pretty sure I didn't say those words. No, uh, Adam? No, that was straight from the uh, skimmer that we were able to pull earlier this evening. Right. And I remember that happening live on, too. on the on show air. last week. Is there an impersonator As out you there? were calling me out. Called me out. Come on. So uh, go ahead and take control. Okay, great week of wrestling, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. We don't have a show as Chris Colwell has been derelict of his duties. But I guess on a higher note, he is here. You guys are tuning into the finishing move on Extra 106.3 FM. Big John Radcliffe, Chris, I can't even call the bearded lack of show sheet guy, and Adam the Road Dog Gillespie here with you as we do every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. to talk all things wrestling. But before we deep dive into wrestling... I'd say let's take roll call, but we're all here. But everybody who did their homework, say aye. Adam. What homework? What homework? Oh, you did a show sheet, didn't you? You, you at least did one of your yes, own. Yes, oh, I have a show sheet, yeah. My own sort of show sheet. I did my own. Chris? It's in my head, so. Uh, Again, what's the show sheet? <laughs> exactly. I never wanted to show my work when I was in school, so it's it's all up here. Trust me. Boy. But that doesn't really help your partners out, now, does Not it? Not at all. Guess this is one of those matches where we just injure each other. Huh? This is kind of like when you you know you're in the tag <laughs> match the and you're getting you're kind of getting beat down in the tag and you go to the corner to make and a no tag to your there. partner and he's like turned his back and he's like reacting with the crowd or he's down. You know, it's not it's not good. This is, this the is one, not good unity. This is the one where you shove him off the ring apron. <laughs> or you're gonna have to end up doing what like what uh, Shawn Michaels did to Marty Jannetty. Throwing them through a window? Going through the barbershop window. Oh, the windows are, there's a window right there at your 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, there's two Give, windows right here. Give it right there, bro. Go ahead and do what you got to do. Uh, this is horrible. This is bad radio. You know, I was that <laughs> clip came up for whatever reason on my Instagram today. And I meant what, to, this part? Again, what's the show sheet? No, the clip of Shawn Michaels doing that to Marty Jannetty. And no matter how many times I watch that clip, I laugh as hard as I did the first time when – he throws him through the window, and Bobby the Brain Heenan on the announcement team says, look, he's trying to escape through the window. It's just hilarious to me for some reason. Oh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, the best color guy in the wrestling business, in my opinion. In my opinion. I can't argue that statement. One of the things about that I loved about the Brain was he took moments like that where you knew what was going on. He made it so outlandish and crazy that you're just kind of like, 
Brain, what are you talking about, buddy? But yeah. I love it that you're just being this goofball and this silly. Did anybody have as good a comedic timing in that role as the brain? And the great thing for me for him was he was funny, yet he had credibility at the same time because he could sit there if he really wanted to and analyze what was going on in the ring. But it was much better when he made the crack and, and whatever it was to you know make fun of the face wrestler just was hilarious. He was perfect for... I mean, you you think of all the some of the greatest you know announced teams. Ever people think of Vince and Heenan. People think of uh, Gorilla and and Heenan. You think of Shivani and Heenan. And you, what's the common denominator there? It's Bobby they Heenan, had a right? Show sheet. <laughs> yeah, not in WCW. I, don't, I think it was just as unorganized I mean, as this chaos yeah, right now. Could, when I think Lawler was good, like Heenan was good. Now, Ventura was also very good. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Bobby. And Ventura and even Lawler were all good. Lawler, for me, more so when he was heel Lawler mm-hmm. on the microphone mm-hmm. doing color instead of what we kind of get now. Now, when we just had this recent run with him, he did seem kind of heelish at times. Um, but uh, it's more of a uh, everybody's a face now on the commentary team. And I think when the play-by-play is more face and the color was heel, I thought that was a good mix and made for good uh, or made for fun on the microphone with the two guys. Wouldn't you say Corey Graves kind of leans a little towards yeah. the yeah. heelish? Yeah, that, yes. That's about the only one, though. You're right. Corey More- Graves did, but he, he would flip-flop sometimes. Remember, it was weird when uh, they were on Raw and Elias was on Raw. When he when Elias would come out, Corey Graves would hate on Elias, but Michael Cole would like Elias, and it but, was weird. But the trick with that was... What was always Elias? Elias would oh, no, always... Oh, no, he was heel. He was up He was heel yeah. when he first came. But, no, I yeah. mean, Elias had those moments where he flip-flopped. So it was kind of those moments of, okay, what do we got here? I mean, it is one of those moments. I do miss that tr- that that chemistry of, you know, your heel-face combos that you would have there because it did make it more fun. I think they definitely missed the mark when they tried to do it with uh, Michael Cole because oh. he just cannot be a heel Whatsoever, well, it was also play by play, and that I don't see how heel play by play even works. Like the idea of that just doesn't compute because typically your your best the best heel announcers in that situation are going to be the ones that are coming from the color perspective because they do add that color. But if you're sitting there, you're the straight play by play guy, but now you're being heel. That just I, I don't know. They, they tried to flip flop that with him and Lawler, and it just didn't work because we all know King is better from the heel role. It just didn't make sense. Definitely, I agree. I, but in my order, I think you could. I think it's it's definitely Bobby and then Ventura. I would put number two, and then Heel Lawler uh, right there. And then if you want to talk about combos, I think the the magic that Gorilla and and Bobby did together was. And, and no, no, Gorilla was not some Hall of Fame play by play guy, but just the the chemistry that the two of them had. Uh, was amazing in my opinion. When Gorilla too was, if you think about it, for what Vince wanted. I mean, who really kind of painted the like storytelling picture better than than Monsoon? Now, like he might not have been a play by play guy. Well, Jr. did it well too, but Jr. also had that uh, true play by play experience behind him. Monsoon just told a really good story, and I think that's what most fans really loved about him. Mon- uh, Gorilla Monsoon's voice. The beauty of it is whether he he's one of those voices, and it's something about the way he controlled his voice. He could read the telephone book, and those names that he got through portions of it, he made it more. He knew how to make it more exciting. And honestly, it made, he brought me to mind of Munson, where Munson would make a two-yard run by No Sean Moreno sound like he had just broken for an 80-yard touchdown, yep. and it was just simply just that. It was a simple clothesline that, if you closed your eyes and listened to it, it was a clothesline that when he if he turned him inside out, he spun for five days. <laughs> 
Very true. You know, speaking of, I mean, we're going down this road of just combos and announcers, you know, maybe kind of like a an underrated combo for me, at least, when thinking about that. And somebody that was a really, at least in the beginning, was a really good heel announcer. You, you guys remember JBL's first run as commentator with Michael Cole and SmackDown. This is like 06, 07, before he came back to the ring. I actually thought JBL was an underrated heel announcer. He did a really good job in that situation, uh, really playing off Cole really well. And a lot of people kind of malign JBL for his last announcing gig when he was kind of part of that three-man booth on Raw. And it's, that was a hot mess and has been a hot mess for years. And more people, I think, think of JBL for that than they do of that run back in in the you know mid-2000s. And he really played, to me, played that heel role so well. Uh, just a, a name that kind of comes to mind there. Well, what do you t- we always like to talk about things that WWE does not do right and AEW does do right. What do you think about uh, if you think three man booths are kind of confusing or you don't like them? What I mean, a- that's what AEW has had from the start. And with the three of them, I think they're all three play by play guys. You don't really have a true color guy. Obviously, JR is not a true color guy. He can maybe play that role. Tony Schiavone is what we think of as a color, I mean, a play by play guy, although he seems to be more of the um, in that color role, and Excalibur seems to take the reins of play-by-play from time to time. Get rid of Excalibur, depending on what's going on in the ring. Um, you know, and Tony's there, kind of like you know, doing the the ad spots and mm-hmm. making sure all the promotional things get yeah. plugged, and <laughs> and and then walk, running down to the ring to do mm-hmm. the microphone stuff, uh, the Mean Gene style. Um, that's something I think that AE, you know, I don't want to disrespect JR and I love, and I'm friends with Tony and I don't have anything against Excalibur, although he's my least favorite of the three. Um, I, I, I think that could be improved when you think, talk about things on AEW that probably could be improved. I think that is an area that they could improve in no, down I, the road. No, for sure. And I think what you just mentioned is probably for me, that three man booth has taken a long time to really gel and get, smooth kind As of you together. would imagine yeah any yeah. three-man booth yeah and it's it's hard to do that in three-man booths anyway but then when you take the fact that you just mentioned they're all kind of that straight lace play-by-play guy that's been put in a different role and even if you look at like the three-man booth that you know the one i always think about is the wcw's tony shivani bobby heenan mike Tanay combo and at least in that situation tony was definitely the play-by-play guy bobby the, the brain was definitely the color guy, and Tanae was the analyst. He was the guy that had all the knowledge of the guys, the cruiserweights, and uh, the guys from Japan, and the guys from Mexico, and he could bring all that. And in a lot of ways, you could have that with what you have right now. The problem is, you know, Excalibur's the guy that knows all the indie guys. He's the one that knows all the moves, so you could put him in that Tanae role. The problem is, is that you've got JR and Shivani, and nobody there's the color guy. Nobody there's, I mean, JR's the play-by-play guy, but... I mean, it's just you almost need to sub out like Tony for, say, a Taz. But Taz is obviously now taking on the role of on-screen manager for Brian Cage. So, you know, having that true-laced, you know, color commentator would probably make that team better. I think they have improved since they all debuted together, but it's taken a long time. Unfortunately, because of the boot that Excalibur is in, what he's stuck in is the scenario of subtraction by addition. Because he's working with such top-tier talent, he's, he's overshadowed so much more that his flaws stand out so much more. And I know I'm being overly critical of him because of that. It's just even so much so, I, I feel like the way that they would have to, he never could find his talking point to jump in. They never, it, literally, you're right, they've taken their time to get to a point where they're comfortable enough, but it just felt like so long that it was clunky 
that it was literally for Excalibur to talk. He could never find that talking point and had to had to have it thrown to him in order to get the conversation with him to come into it. It's interesting. Jr. was uh, very critical looking back on his on his podcast. He would look back at some of the earlier days with WCW and even his debut. Uh, with WWE when he was at what, WrestleMania at Caesars Palace and they were in the togas, uh, the number escapes me, nine. nine. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that was a three-man booth, and that was his first ever debut for WWE, and he's critical of three-man booths, and then all of a sudden he's now with WWE, or AEW, and it's a three-man booth. Um, but it's funny. And now he kind of he kind of openly says on the podcast that they are trying to train Tony and JR train Excalibur because he's not going to be around forever. Obviously, JR is up in age, and so is and Tony's getting up there as well. Um, that I guess they look to hand it off eventually to Excalibur and, and someone else. Um, but I don't know. Excalibur is not really doing it for me. Maybe it will grow into that. You know who I, I really enjoy right now is when he's there um, with NXT. Chris Colwell? <laughs> Present is uh uh with NXT Mar- now I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna butcher his name so Mar- go ahead Ranallo? yes I really do enjoy him and I think he <laughs> I can think he can be a little over the top at times um but I do enjoy some of his play by play listen watching NXT and the takeovers I think he's the most overrated announcer in the business right now to be honest with you he can be good but like you just said he's well no over- he can't because he's overrated. <laughs> Hey, you can call somebody overrated. That doesn't mean that they don't have the skill. It's just that he seems to be like the darling of the internet wrestling community. He's the best announcer out there. And to me, you just mentioned how over the top he is. He's almost too over the top. It seems so contrived. He works so hard on those little, you know, cute little lines that he tries to work in there where he's trying to make pop culture references, and it feels so forced. Well, that I'm not a fan of. And you know who that reminds me of? (laughs) Dan Kamal. (laughs) <laughs> Anytime the Thrashers would score score a goal, Very he, true. he had that scripted pop culture yep. th- saying or thing that he was going to read every time the Thrashers mm-hmm. scored a goal. And yep. it does remind me of that with uh, Ronaldo, right? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Uh, but there was, I can't remember. Um, remember when uh, this was way back now when Dream and I guess it was Adam Cole at the time were fighting and they were doing stuff at the pool, and I think Dream pushed Cole in the, or vice versa, pushed him in the pool. Anyways, at the at the event where they ha- finally had their match, like the one of the Dream picked up a bottle of water and splashed it on Cole, and and Ronaldo like tied that into the pool, him getting revenge. And I just thought that was so good, and it's 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 very smart. Uh, but I enjoy him. I I do think he's uh, like I said, the scripted stuff gets a little. Uh, t- yeah, you know, corny at times. It's a little too much. Yeah, but uh, but I think he is good. But what about the people from the Raw? Who you're happy with? What Raw? They got the three man booth. Well, I don't like the three man booth. I, I've always liked Tom Phillips. I think he's a really good announcer. He's just not. He's not going to be on that level of a Jr. or you know Tony in his prime or a Gorilla or anybody like that. But I think for what WWE wants, I think he's actually one of the best guys they've had in that role of you know, navigating the waters there through Raw or SmackDown or whatever he's done. I mean, I like his work. I, I was, honestly, the best three-man booth I think that they put together since they've been trying this was 
Tom Phillips, was Corey Graves, and it was Byron Saxton because Graves and Saxton played off each other so well, and Tom was just there in the middle of it. I think that worked. You just got the three men booth can work. You just have to have the right they, combination. Yeah, no, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing about Byron uh, Byron Byron, Byron Saxton. <laughs> Uh, that I agree with him. I think when he's kind of getting made fun of and taking jabs, I think kind of like what Coach used to do for The Rock and others. Uh, I think that's a really good role for him, and I do enjoy him. And I and I kind of thought him and Joe. We don't really get that from Joe, at least directed towards Saxon as much, if yeah. at all, that we got from uh, Corey. And I was really getting into Corey Graves. I was not big on Corey Graves at first, but he really grew on me. Uh, and I've grown to really enjoy him, and definitely when he's more of the heel uh, commentator. And I think, and part of the thing that makes a successful three-man booth is when you have chemistry with two, and the third one almost plays the big brother, who reels it back in and transitions them along. Because it's those moments when you can get into when you're listening to a three-man booth that easily you get stuck in a back and forth banter that just rumbles on way too long. And when you have someone that can reel it all back in put a bow on it and transition them very smooth. That's the key. That's been one of the keys to success. And I think that's one of the things that we saw with Saxton and Graves where those two literally, there were moments in times listening to those two go at it. You'd almost think that there would be a match between those two. If Corey Graves could be in a match, but there would be a match between those two. And I think that's the great chemistry that when you have your third guy who knows your play by play guy, who knows when to just back out, let it go and let your color guys go. It makes for a great a great matchup. And speaking, of, you mentioned uh, Road Dog. You mentioned Joe a minute ago. How good has he been? Just just individually, he's been so impressive for me since he's debuted in that role because it's not something that he's ever done before. And he just seems very natural in there, and also brings a, a little bit of credibility. And then just to to tie in storylines, you uh, you guys obviously, I, I assume everybody watched back last year. You know, when they were mentioning the AJ Styles winning the Intercontinental title, they did the whole promo with him backstage, and they went back to the announcers, and Joe's like, congratulations to AJ Styles on, uh, you know, being Intercontinental champion. I hope he got a chance to go home and celebrate with his family. He had a little smile on him, and it was almost like a nod to that storyline they did with AJ and Joe from a few years ago where Joe was, you know, trying to mess with AJ's family. And I thought that was like just a clever little tie-in to a past storyline and just kind of a smart way to – to top that off. So, I mean, to me, Joe has been really good in that role. I agree. I'm a just uh, Samoa Joe fan, so I liked Samoa Joe on uh, color, but I like Samoa Joe the wrestler better, and I really want him just to get back to the ring as soon as he can, uh, and I hope that that comes eventually, sooner than later. Um, but, yeah, he has been – he has done well on uh, c- color, and, and that's not that surprising or that big of a leap because, I mean, he's a good talker. He could do promos, so that translates, obviously, to what he's doing now. So I don't know who had it on their show sheet, but um, who had the show sheet that started off with us talking about threesomes? I guess I did. It was in my head. Did you have that show sheet with threesomes, John? Nope. Nowhere near that one. <laughs> All right. Well... <laughs> According to the show, show sheet, sheet, we're going to break. According to the show sheet, we're going to break. So you're listening to the finishing move here on Extra 106.3. Extra 106.3 is your station for Atlanta sports and talk. And we are talking everything Atlanta. From demonstrations, voter issues, and the coronavirus. In addition to bringing you all the latest news in sports. As Atlanta returns, you, you can, can find, find out everything you need to know every day. 
on your station. Your station for Atlanta's sports and talk. Extra 106.3. Or we'll be rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done. Always done. Extra 106.3. A to Z with Mark Zeno. Every afternoon from 3 to 6 p.m. All right, so I threw a poll up there on my Twitter account, at Mark Zeno. They're going to take away Paw Patrol as a cartoon. I'd like a replacement for my childhood. I threw out what I thought were kind of the most popular ones, Thundercats, He-Man, G.I. Joe, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Grant McCauley, who just joined us about 30 minutes ago, said the lack of Transformers is disturbing. It, it never turned me on. Chitara from Thundercats, she turned me on. Transformers, not so much. I mean, she's wearing leopard skin. How do you not like that? that, that? She's a leopard. I get it, but I'm just saying. Hey, anytime you put a female in leopard skin, it's attractive. Don't get mad at me. Don't judge me. Zeno is only on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling. On Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Finishing Move. This is Road Dog Adam Gillespie with Chris Colwell, John Ratcliffe. We are talking all things wrestling. As we're the lady, our show sheets while we're doing as this. the lady said, <laughs> as we were coming back from break. Follow me on Twitter, Road Dog Six Eighty. John, where can they find you? John Rad Four Fifty. And Chris, it's still at Bearded Colwell has it, not changed. It is time for my favorite part of the week. Oh no, I want to do this first. I'm going to switch the show sheet around because we should have talked about this in the first segment. Yes, thank you for switching yours around. <laughs> I appreciate that. You brought this up just uh, in the first segment, and I want to talk about it real quick. Uh, I'll be up front. I have not seen all of Backlash. I was in Denver uh, the last few days, uh, so I was out there enjoying things in Denver, and that was not did sitting. You get married, in, and that was not sitting in my hotel room. No, I did not get uh, married. Unfortunately, all the jewelry stores out there were closed, so Bring we, back could, some we couldn't stuff? buy a ring. So we could. Yes, I have some stuff in route. Oh, maybe I shouldn't oh. say that on the air. <laughs> you should be careful with that. <laughs> anyway, this show will become a two-man show. Can you dumb that? <laughs> as the feds come looking for Adam Gillespie. <laughs> but you I can sh- find him at Road Dog 680. But I shipped it to my daughter. So would she be the one to go to jail? No, you're going to no, jail. No, but she's going to her. No, you're going to jail. <laughs> yep. You're going to jail. Uh, so I have not seen all of Backlash. I have seen the key matches. So let me get your uh, usual questions I asked you guys. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumb in the middle for Backlash as a whole. I would give it a thumb, slight thumbs up. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, the main event was was great. Obviously not the greatest match of all time. Well, there's but, a shock. Yeah, yeah, a real <laughs> shock. But still, I mean, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, and the finish was fantastic, so... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean more towards a thumbs up on this one. I'm sitting here trying to remember all the matches from it. I mean, there were no big surprises no, in my was, opinion. There were no, no title changes, right? No title changes, uh, correct? Well, no title changes, and this will tell you how predictable it was. I, don't, I may have been the only one from the show that actually made picks on Twitter, but I nailed all the every match. And it wasn't like it was that difficult to come up with. There was nothing I battled over trying to decide the only, who's going to win. Would you put that on your show sheet, too? Yeah, so much show sheet. That's the only thing on a show sheet. If I'd done a show sheet, I would have spent an entire segment right bragging after, about uh, my perfection right at Backlash. Right after threesomes. Um, the, only, <laughs> the only one that's kind of surprising to me is Edge losing to Randy. I mean, Edge is obviously only back for a limited time. Uh, now, I, I understand that he got the win at WrestleMania, so maybe this is just... Randy getting his win back, and maybe Edge is coming back to kind of 
help pass torches to people. The rumor was But Randy the, Orton's not a guy that needs a, a torch pass. The rumor was that it was supposed to continue on for one more. Uh-huh. It's Edge got hurt, and that's yeah. what's delaying it. And part of the thing that gave a little bit validity to this rumor was Orton coming out saying, I'm 40, I want to continue on for another 10 years till I'm 50. So basically it's just kind of like, okay, he's picking and choosing – who he wants to go through and who he wants to interact with at that point because he's earned that right. Let's and so has Edge, it. I'm sure, is yeah. approving mm-hmm. anybody that he's going to wrestle And I with. think they yeah. both completely earned that respect. So I think it was just a scenario of, you know what, I don't want to have to go where we look at Nia Jax, who is, you know, everybody's complaining how reckless she is. It's that scenario of who can I go against that it's worth it, that it's worth my time, because you're looking at, you know, let's just use the example of um, – AJ Styles. AJ Styles is progressing in other stories where you're looking at these two. They don't need to put anyone over. They don't need to put each other over. I think it's just for that nostalgia's sake and for that portion of it of, you know what, Edge, I think he's not my 100% speculation. I don't think he's 100%. I think he's well enough to wrestle. And I think for Edge, it's, you know what, I know Orton will take care of me. And Orton, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to take care of my buddy. So they, they're willing to do this and say, we can put on shows and... And I don't have to worry about him, and he doesn't have to worry about me. Well, and the reason why I lean towards Orton in my picks to begin with is, I don't know, obviously the edge injury changes everything with whatever they had planned. I don't know if they would have had that third match anytime soon. They could have done it at Extreme Rules. They could have saved it for SummerSlam. But I did see a uh, a quote out there from Drew McIntyre at one point that he said he really wanted to defend the title at some point against Randy Orton. My thought kind of went into, well, you know, if you play off where Edge loses here and Edge goes away for a little bit, maybe they'd run an angle where, you know, Orton takes him out, which essentially they did. And you end up with, okay, Orton's just got this big win on his resume. Now he's ready to go up against Drew McIntyre at, say, a SummerSlam. And to me, you know, Drew's had some good opponents since Brock, but that would be, especially with the way Randy's been the last few months, he's been on fire. I think he's one of the best uh, heels right now in the company. And that would be a great opponent for Drew McIntyre at a big event like SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just expected Edge to get more bang out of his buck. I didn't expect him to come back and run the table completely for the year or two years that he's here. Um, but, and like I said, he got the win at WrestleMania. Let me ask you this about Edge. Now, obviously, he's hurt now, so whatever plans they had for him are definitely on hold. Say he's back with the company for a year or two. Will Edge be a Universal or WWE champion again before he leaves and retires? I don't think he will be, but I think he will challenge for the title at some point. I think it's some one of these big events. It could even be a WrestleMania. I could see him challenging for either of those two titles. I just don't. I mean, he doesn't need it, and he's not back to win titles. His legacy is cemented. He's already a Hall of Famer. He doesn't need any of that stuff. It's literally just to you know get that wrestling itch out and to go out on his own terms. And he can help WWE in a time when they don't have that legitimate star power because he's a legitimate star. I think if you're going to give him the title, it's almost a scenario like Rock did with Cena, where WWE keeps talking about redesigning of titles. It's to do a redesign. It's to do a change. And you give it to Edge so Edge can introduce, much like he had the the rated R superstar spinner title. You get it so it's a redesign for a title. It's really just a work in there for something else that someone with enough validity that, hey, we feel like we can justify it with him having it. I think he does get uh, another run. I think they're going to do it only for this reason. Uh, He has held basically everything, I believe, at this point, except the Universal Championship because it wasn't around when he was around. So maybe they give him that as a bone 
throw him that bone just so he can throw it on his resume. Kind of like what, in my opinion, they just did with AJ, giving him the Intercontinental Championship uh, last Friday. Now, of course, uh, I don't think anybody did not see this coming, that that match did not live up to the greatest wrestling match ever. Now, it was good. I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to live up to something you're debuting as that match title, and especially the weeks of the legends coming on. It's, and then especially when two days, I guess, right, two days before, you had probably what could be argued as a, a match of the year between mm-hmm. AJ and Daniel Bryan. You had that great match. And then what was uh, the, the Edge match was like, and, and Orton was like 30 minutes, and that was taped, and then pro- you have to assume edited down. Uh, so, gosh, I mean, the one at WrestleMania was so long and tedious. This one was a little long and tedious. That is one of the matches I watched. Um, but, man, it it was it did not live up to that, but it really had a tough match to follow. Did you guys see? I watched that one twice. We were at a brewery in um, Colorado, and they had wrestling on for whatever reason, and they were replaying the SmackDown, mm-hmm. and that match was just really good, and I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I haven't seen that match yet, but just knowing the history of, of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, you can only imagine what that would be, and especially with that kind of a title, the worker title on the line. I don't know that it really has that prestige anymore, but that's what it was known at for so many years, and you knew that they were going to put on a tremendous match, especially in a time where you know you can give these guys plenty of time in the ring because of the situation we find ourselves in. You can't do these over-the-top elaborate storylines. You don't have these big crowds, so you've got to almost build. You can... You don't have to worry about a crowd tiring out on you right now because they're paid crowds that you have there right now, and there's not many of them, and you can let them go. I think that's why you're getting these long matches like with Edge and Randy Orton. I know you know, WWE over the years has let some of these big storylines that have had a lot of storytelling, especially in match like a Triple H and a, a Shawn Michaels matches over the years that were always super long, and I think that's what they really wanted out of both Orton and Edge in, in both their matches. And AJ and Daniel Bryant, that match... You could almost see, I don't want to say they look tired. They look like they had a little bit of ring rust on them. It was just moments in that match where it looked clunky. There were there were reversals and movesets in there that it was definitely entertaining, but there were moments in times, and I don't know if it's because maybe the record, the stop, the edit, hey, pick up here, pick up there, and you're telling two guys to just that are used to their fluidity, it just seemed like there were moments that fluidity wasn't there. And it's not to discredit the the talent that they are, the workers that they are, but it was just in watching that match, there were moments and times of that doesn't look right. That doesn't look as crisp and clean as it normally would be. And I got to believe that's something that has to be hard for them to do because when you're talking about a rhythm, when you're talking about a movement and, and those scenarios and the way that they're working in there, that probably is tough for those two of we're used to just that fluidity going from move to move to move to move to, okay, guys, stop, take five minutes, pick up here. And it just had some some weird moments, even the way it ended, where AJ won the title, it just seemed like it was almost a surprise to everyone of just, oh, it's the end of the show, cut. I, I It just, it missed something that was there that I hope that we get to capture somewhere else. We got to remember too. One of the things, especially with the the more regular full time wrestlers that they're lacking right now, you're not having the house shows, and you don't have these guys that are used to wrestling, you know, two hundred something days a year, and having the weekend to really have these matches to not necessarily practice, but to get into a rhythm. No matter who you're wrestling against, and nobody in wrestling, I think that's kind of a thing that I've 
you kind of notice with a lot of wrestlers right now, and it's something that you know you notice with some of the AEW wrestlers is maybe sometimes on Dynamite the matches don't seem as crisp because they wrestle once a week. There isn't that thing where these guys are going on the, on the road on the weekend to get that extra just rhythm. It's like playing, you know, if you played a baseball game once a week as opposed to playing six or seven games a week, you're not going to be as crisp on you know week to week if you're not playing every day, and it's just not going to be that way. All right, listener's choice, and since you're listening to me, John, I'm going to let you be the listener that chooses. Well, also, we would, uh, 404-741-1230. I don't know if we have one. enough time because this has got to be real quick. Uh, do you want to oh, get creepy? Now we care do you want to get creepy time. or do you want to go over the top rope? I didn't come back to get creepy, so I'm going to have to leave. Well, that's what we're doing. Well, that's why I didn't ask you. Actually, get creepy because I'm not in the same room as you, so I want to go get creepy. Let me creepy. take my shirt off. I'm just intrigued to see how this goes. So knock yourself out. Get creepy. <laughs> it's time to get creepy. So I've been on Instagram, as I usually am. I did not take off time from that for sure. And I, look, Chris Colwell, at my computer screen right now, I have a picture of what is her role in AEW, the vice president or C- CEO or COO Brandy or something. Rhodes. But Brandy Rhodes is on my screen right now, and she is showing off the back of her bikini. And it's a very, very nice bikini. Is Cody listening right now? <laughs> and Well, they from Atlanta. Maybe. Chris, or how does your or wife even on feel? the app. How did your wife feel that you're looking you, at the back Yeah, because you woman. scooted over to look, so don't play like you didn't. Uh, you requested that I look at your screen, so I took you up on it. I immediately moved back after I realized you what you were looking stop at. Stop looking at it, Chris. You've moved the monitor now. You can stop <laughs> looking at the computer. You don't have to sit there and stare. You're drooling in, in front of the monitor. Stop. The, uh, on Instagram at the Brandy Road, she spells Brandy with an I. Make sure, and it's got the check mark, so you know you're looking at the right one. She uh, Instagrammed. Sometimes you just got to soak up some rays. Did you like that AEW Dynamite last night? Well, I enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed this picture of her by the pool in this very nice floral bikini from the backside. You do know that he has, Cody Rhodes, that is, has a home here in Atlanta. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. He lives well, in Tell Cobb him to bring County. Brandy with him if he's going to come up here he wearing ha- that bathing suit. And they have a very large dog. I'm not scared. I know. I love that dog. Uh, I've met that dog before. When he came to, um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, he came to when whoa, Bruce Pritchard did his show no, here. No, 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 don't turn this into something. No, it's not. Hold on, you just got Dang really it, what's the name creepy. Of that dog? Pharaoh. Pharaoh, yes. When so uh, you're stalking the Rhodes family. See, I knew you were going to tell you creepy, but that's why it's well, not. That's the name of the segment. You no. said you were getting creepy. I said, but that part's not creepy. I'm not stalking with Adam. You we're just getting creepy with Adam. Did he not say? I love that dog. I know that dog. So- I know. I said I've met that dog, and I love that dog. He came when uh, Cody Rhodes was a part of Bruce Pritchard's show here in Atlanta. He brought Pharaoh Fre- with him to the show, and Pharaoh was very uh, nice and would let you pet him if you walked by. So him. let me get this straight. On your show sheet, we've covered threesomes and bestiality. At no, some point, nobody t- covered bestiality. You're the one who said you love a dog. Now, this is I love dogs. Yes, I love all animals. It does not make me a, a bestiality participant. How many sins have you committed on this show? In seven, I'm second? seven for seven of the deadly. I mean, is lightning going to strike in here in a second? Because I'm getting a little worried. Now, we'll get creepy we'll one get more time. Uh, this is a young lady that a lot of us, or not, I wouldn't say a lot of us, but. Those of us who oh get creepy, we know where this is going. Have seen a lot of this young lady, but she is now sporting a new look uh, page on her Instagram 
has a new look. And if you like blondes, you may be into Paige now. Uh, she's sporting a blonde look. Uh, here you go, Colwell. See? You, it's nothing so, dirty with this. No, I mean, but do you like the blonde hair? Didn't she try this in NXT years ago? Yeah, when she, that's the with movie, the wig. The movie with, covered that, and it with the wig. Oh, wasn't yeah, yeah. accepted she, very well then. When she was trying to uh, fighting with my family, it's a yes. good flick. I recommend great that. Uh, I would recommend which one of Paige's flicks is great. Yeah, now there are some <laughs> movies put out there by Paige which that uh, you need to specify. <laughs> we may not all want to watch. Uh, they're not work appropriate. But hey, she's got the blonde look. She's uh, she says she looks feels like Gwen Stefani now. With the uh, hoodie. And you can find her at Real Page WWE. So she's a hollow bat girl now? <laughs> Let's go over the top rope. I don't have a show sheet. All right. Me. Well, you weren't ready. Gonna take a Thanks few. a lot, Colwell. What? Oh, now you're doing a Stone Cold impersonation? What? No, I just didn't. I, I don't know what these show sheets you speak of. I know because you didn't make one. I... I never spoke those words. So we have had a women's main event at WrestleMania. We've had a women's uh, Survivor Series match. We've had a women's Royal Rumble. Uh, what else? Uh, we had a women's only pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had, we now have uh, basically their own division with a, a championship and for both brands and tag team titles. So what's one thing that women... I've not been able to do that the men have had, and that would be a queen of the ring or king of the ring for the men. Um, That goes on who's talking. If it's JR, you might want to be careful with that one. (laughs) That goes way back in the time for uh, WWE men. Uh, And so why not have a women's uh, queen of the ring? Well, apparently there were plans to have that this summer, but uh, due to the COVID issues surrounding our nation at the moment, that has been canceled would you guys be interested in seeing a Queen of the Ring tournament? Sure, why not? The May Young Classic worked. It would basically be the same thing. I mean, I, for one, I love the King of the Ring pay-per-view back in the day. I mean, having, you know, eight matches or what, seven matches over the course of, of one night, I actually enjoyed that once a year. To do that with the women would be great. To do some form of it with maybe you bring back the King of the Ring and you do both of them on the same night. I don't know. I'm sure there's a way you could go about it, but why not? Yeah, no, I'd enjoy that. I mean, if you wanted to, you know, we've all spoke how, how much we loved, uh, the two-night WrestleMania, that'd be a great way to take one of your pay-per-views and make it a two-night event. One night, the King of the Ring, next night, the Queen of the Ring, and you mix in a few other matches there. The only problem that comes about it is where with the King of the Ring, you you have enough competitors that you can do other matches that are in there. The Queen of the Ring, first of all, when you start that, that ultimately, you're going to bury your women's tag team title. Because at that point in time, you don't have enough women competitors. I don't care if you add NXT and your entire women's roster, you're going to need to add enough that's there for for it to be a tournament that's worth anything versus you automatically start at the semifinals and you roll right into the finals. You're going to have to bury it. And the next problem that you're going to run into is then you're going to have to take someone like a Charlotte Flair who, as of late, people are tired of seeing she's automatically going to need to be in it. So that means you're not going to put her in a story for some time as she's bouncing from brand to brand. And you're now doing the same thing with your current uh, SmackDown champion and tag team champion, Bayley and Sasha Banks. You're going to have to put them in it. You're going to have to separate them. And I get it. You can go outside of it and do the indies like you did with the uh, Mae Young Classic, but you're going to have to take so much of your talent and then what does dissension come from that when you're going outside with the Mae Young Classic to say, hey, here are these ladies that are down at NXT that are waiting for their chance to come up, 
and you're going outside, finding others, grabbing others, bringing them in, are they insulted? Well, there's enough women, I think, between the three brands that you could probably pull off the the eight or uh, what is it, the quarterfinals and semis and the finals if you wanted to just not have qualifying matches. You just insert your women that are available that aren't champions already and put them in that situation. One thing is about it, you instead of doing a two night thing, you could do a one night event where instead of having a full, you know, full seven matches for each King of the Ring and the Queen of the Ring, just have the semis and the finals for both of them. And that way you don't have to overexpose, you know, the talent that you do have from the women's division. Yeah, I think you're underestimating the amount of women that they have between all three brands. Uh, I think they could definitely pull off. Talented women. Okay, well, I mean, not everyone in the men's King of the Ring is always talented or believable that you thought they were going to make it past the first Maple round. Maple won King of the Ring. Come on. I mean, it's. I think you could put together. I mean, if you had a Queen of the Ring right now, you could probably count on, or even a King of the Ring. It, I mean, they've gone outside a little bit with that, but. Uh, who you thought would win it. I mean, the first one to come to mind would obviously be Charlotte, right? That They would have Charlotte to win it. If Becky was around, Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, if Ronda was around, Ronda. But neither of those two are around. But Oscar, I think, would be in contention to win that. Um, who, um, I think Alexa Bliss, if she was put back outside of a tag team, I think she would could get it. Would you not be critical of the fact that here's one of your women's champions, two of them essentially, are inserted in a tournament and there's no story for their title? Well, no, not if you do a king and queen of the ring pay-per-view where it's just those two type of tournaments going on. Well, you could also do, if you're going to do the two-night thing, you could do queen of the ring could be on night one, but then have the rest of the matches on that night be male matches. And then when you flip it the next night, do the men's king of the ring with the female matches on the other night. That way you could have a Bailey and a Oscar be in the tournament on Saturday, but then they defend their titles on Sunday. There's no reason why they couldn't wrestle matches on both nights. I just I think you're making it too big with the two night thing. Just make it a one night thing. You could have the. Yeah, I, I think there is the depth there. I would love to see a Queen Sasha. Uh, I think would be good. I yeah. think a lot of that would be uh, fun. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get it this summer. Maybe next summer or later down the year. But uh, if they were to do that, I'd be all for it. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, you alluded to it earlier that the news has come out that Edge was injured in his match with uh, Randy Orton. I wouldn't have said that if I was on the show sheet. With uh, <laughs> Ran- Randy Orton. Now, it, what I read today, I believe uh, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter was putting out there was uh, something else y'all kind of alluded to was there was multiple takes for this match. And he was supposedly hurt during a retake of one of the set of moves that they were going to have. So, uh, I mean, that's just bad luck. It's like, all right, we need to go back and reshoot this uh, series of moves, and then all of a sudden now you've got a torn tricep, I believe. Yeah, well, here's my thing. Why, you know, I get that they want, they're trying to think outside the box, but did you really need to get all these different cool camera angles? You know, you notice they try to do different camera angles throughout that match. Did you really need to do that? It was quoted as a wrestling match. It should have just been a wrestling match. You had the crowd. That's all you needed. So one take would have been fine. Guess what? He wouldn't be hurt right now. It's just, I mean, it seems like unnecessary. And we talked about there, you know, maybe sometimes you don't have the fluidity between the guys on the wrestling right now and the girls that are wrestling right now because you're doing these mini takes and you're and you're stopping the action. Just let them wrestle like normal. Yeah, I agree. It's unfortunate that it was hurt, especially on a retake. Of, of a set of moves, and now the estimate is for him to be out eight months. Now, I didn't expect him to appear at the very next pay-per-view, but I'm sure they had plans for him to be back sooner than eight months at the earliest. 
Uh, so hopefully, so he's probably out for SummerSlam. Maybe Survivor Series. Probably Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, why not make his surprise return just like he did this year at the Rumble? It makes sense. Or why not just hang it up? But it's not the case of The Undertaker where he's having awful matches every time he comes back and nearly gets hurt. Nothing about and just that. doing okay. Or just hang it up. Just go ahead and retire. You're in the Hall of Fame. You're going to go down as one of the greats. I'm not saying he gave a bad match, but and honestly, and I think you guys sometimes miss the point when I say this, it comes from a place of, I'm not saying put old wrestlers on the shelf. No, some can still do it. But when you're talking about a guy who's coming back from a neck injury, you're tearing a bicep. Like at this point in time, I, I, I can't, maybe I care too much about the human portion. And it's just like, all right, Edge, maybe, maybe it's time. Well, he seems to be hell. I mean, he's been medically cleared. Uh, so for I mean it's not and that's not just an easy thing or process to get through. Well, and I'm sure that. I'm I mean, sure he's had Daniel that discussion Bryant some time to get medically cleared, and I get it. But also on the inverse of that, and I know it goes as a two way street when the WWE, you know, they want you to wrestle, you want you want to wrestle, but also at the same time, and we we always well maybe I don't say it with you guys I work on so many shows, but it's one of those things you hate to see your heroes fall. And it's just kind of like, man, you just don't want to see another wrestler, one of the greats that just starts to wither up and wither away. And it's just kind of just maybe hang it up. I think there's opportunities for him to have good matches out there. I would love to see an edge. And this is where I think they were going earlier, but an edge in AJ Styles match. Uh, and then uh, I think that's kind of, I truly believe that's where they wanted to go. Uh, but then when AJ got hurt by edge in the Royal Rumble, that kind of shelved that. And then COVID hit as well. I think you could do an edge in Daniel Bryan match. Mm-hmm. I think you've got an edge in, I don't want to say Brock Lesnar, but maybe yeah. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some other guys out there. Seth that he Rollins. Could, Seth, sure, Seth Rollins. I mean, I think he there's could. history there that and you I'm can sure play off of. Roman Reigns, too, I'm sure. But uh, Battle of the Spear. I, I, I'm sure that there's some good matches left out there for him. All right, this was big news that broke. I guess this broke this week, right? Yeah, about the uh, WWE. NXT developmental talent has tested positive for COVID-19 that shut down WWE shortly for uh, their tapings. At least this past Tuesday were canceled. Uh, He was last in the building down there in Orlando on June 9th. Reportedly, nobody else has tested positive since or that he was around and nobody seems to have symptoms as of yet that was around him. Um, you know, I guess this is just one of the things you got to kind of, uh, you know, work your way around during these times. There's going to be that potential that if you're opening yourself up, we're seeing it with a lot of football programs. Who was it that just today announced? Uh, Texas. Texas. Yeah, had like uh, 13 players test positive or something like that. So this is just going to be part of our life for now um, that you have to just monitor and keep track of and, uh, you know, stay on top of. But it's unfortunate Hopefully this young per- man or woman, I don't know if they've said if it was male or female. They, they definitely have not identified them. But hopefully they'll be okay, and hopefully it, nobody else uh, you know, contracts it from, from, from this person. Well, no, like you said, there's, it, it, when you're gathering again in a certain way, when you're trying to you know, kind of get back to some sense of norm, unfortunately, you know, the COVID is just like you know, any other virus out there. It's obviously different in its own way, but ultimately it's a virus that you can't just, you know, avoid until it goes away it's going to be out there and it's eventually going to spread as long as there's more people kind of assembling together and it's going to be one of those things where you just have to be careful you have to be cognizant of 
you know, if you do have those kind of symptoms and you got to take the precautions that you you can. And I think WWE reacted very appropriately once they found out that he was uh, or that uh, that particular talent was uh, had tested positive. And, you know, that they stopped the tapings. They tested everybody. And I don't know what else, honestly, they could have done other than, you know, I know that there was a whole thing about that. They didn't they weren't necessarily testing folks as they were originally they were testing folks before they came into work they got away from that that's the only other thing that i think they could have done differently but even then that seemed to be overkill as they weren't having anybody test positive and you know the numbers were starting to go down especially in the florida area so you know what else could they have really done i just hope that uh you know we heard report where vince wasn't happy with roman reigns taking the time off and obviously uh the report came out that kevin owens didn't show up Look, don't hold it against these guys if they don't show up. They still have families. They still have kids. They still have little people in their homes. And I don't know, even elderly possibly. Don't hold it against them because we've seen, you know, throughout the years, events can be vindictive. Don't bury guys or don't decide to just, I'm going to squash you for the next however many years and you've got to go and marry. I don't even know if there is another McMahon daughter to get them out of the, out of the, uh, the doghouse. Don't go squashing them just because you're upset because they didn't come back for what's quote-unquote best for business. I hope that things like that don't happen with those individuals that decide, hey, I need to take a break away. I need to take some time away for my best, for the well-being of my household and my family. It is said in this report that Kevin Owens, who chose not to come after this uh, wrestler tested positive, uh, that WWE officials did not try and pressure Owens into intending the taping, and there were no issues with Owens choosing not to work, at least on the surface of the situation. I agree with you uh, that I hope that it does not become uh, he get in the doghouse of Vince for this. Uh, I do agree with you that I do think Vince can be very vindictive, and it will be interesting to see if Roman Reigns comes, who we haven't even seen now for two or three months, um, gets a strong push when he does come back because, I mean, he was literally a main event at WrestleMania and backed out about a week or so uh, before, and we'll see how Vince handles that. Uh, speaking of coronavirus and how that is shaping the world, and especially the world of wrestling, well, it looks like finally wrestling fans are getting back into the building to see some wrestling events. If you live in Orlando or in the Jacksonville area, or if you're willing to travel down there, you may be able to get in to see a Dynamite or a taping. WWE definitely has uh, officially announced that they are letting diehard wrestling fans in, a select few, as well as friends and families of the wrestlers. Now, something interesting that I read in one of the reports was that the, if you wanted... Now, they were testing anybody who went into the building. You were getting a, a temperature check, not like a COVID test, but a temperature check. And you were given a, a questionnaire, which, you know, probably was, have you been around with anybody's symptoms? Are you feeling good? You know, all honor system kind of stuff, except for the temperature check. Uh, and then once you were inside, you weren't allowed to be around the uh, NXT got people that were down around the ring. And you kind of had to be social distance from the other fans that were there as well. Um, but they banned you being able to wear masks. Uh, if you went to a wrestling event, would you want to wear a mask right now? I mean, when I go out in public now, I'm not wearing a mask. So, I mean, based on the studies that I've seen, but that's just my personal choice, and there's nothing wrong with someone that wants to wear a mask out there. But for me, that wouldn't be a thing. Do you um, think WWE is wrong? Let me put it this way. Do you think WWE is wrong for for? Basically saying, uh, supposedly, let's put it that way, allegedly saying, if you're going to wear a mask, just don't come to our event. I think it needs to be a 
a choice. Like if they if you want to wear a mask, then you wear a mask at ringside. If you don't, or if you want to go without one, then that's fine. But to mandate that they can't wear a mask or they can't come, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, right? That that would be in poor taste and bad choice on their part. I don't know that that's necessarily true, as you said, but you know that's one of those things where it's just not a good idea. Uh, I think I would I go if I couldn't wear a mask. I haven't worn one. That's my choice. I understand. I think I understand what they're trying to do because what is wrestling? What is WWE, AEW, what are they trying to do? Entertain you and take your mind off the events that are going on in the world. If they pan around the crowd and there's 20 people, however many people with a mask on, I think it's just an image that they don't want to portray, and I think it's their prerogative. Uh, I guess I, I would love to know if this is true, the reasoning behind it. I don't think that's the reasoning because I can't help but know what's going on in the world when I watch wrestling because of the lack of fans. Well, and the- Think of it like this, and let me point, not to cut you off, think of one thing. There's not been a promo yet that has made mention of it. Yeah, I agree with that, and I understand that. But you can't help but know there's something different or uh, when you watch wrestling. And why, why, why accentuate that more by seeing this person standing off to the side in their mask when it's like, but you know these what? These people are not in the crowd. These people are not in the, – the fans are not really in the shot. Uh, you're still seeing the majority of the wrestlers out around the ring, and you're seeing the action in the ring. So if some dude in the back on uh, sitting on the hard side of the – on the hard side – Wants to wear a mask. I I don't have a problem with now. Look, I don't have a problem with WWE saying don't wear Why a mask. Why are you yelling, us, are yelling at us about it? Because Why are you yelling? You're shouting. Just, like I Chris said with, right home, with Home Team and Hamilton this morning, we're yelling at them too. If Costco says you have to wear a mask to come into Costco, that's their prerogative. That's fine. And I wear a mask when I went to Costco yesterday. And if WWE says if you want to come here, you can't wear a mask. I'm also fine with that. And I wouldn't wear a mask, and I would go. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. I guess everybody has to do with what they're comfortable with, and I have no problem with that. But I don't think WWE, if this is true, should have a black mark against them. That's just what they want, and I respect black. it. In these days oh, and times, <laughs> why does it have to be black? In these days and times, you choose that phrasing, Woo. go to break. You're listening to The Finish and Move, Extra 106.3. This is Extra 106.3, Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. And we talk everything Atlanta every day. From the latest business openings, word from the streets, issues in our community. Specifically to Atlanta. And the latest in sports. You can always hear something interesting, and you can always feel free to call in and be a part of our conversation every day. Stream us online at extra1063.com and download our free app. Take us with you no matter where you are. Extra. Extra 1063. Home team in Hamilton weekdays, 9 a.m. till noon. You can tell Siri while you're being pulled over. Hey, Siri, I'm getting pulled over. And it opens up the camera. Wow, that's exciting, home team. It's called the police shortcut. If you have it set on your phone, you don't even have to have your phone. Well, you can't ride with your phone in your hand. Right, BJ? Yeah, don't get a double whammy. BJ had a, a, a an incident, a, a lapse in judgment. And <laughs> I was moving my phone to get to my coffee cup. Why is it so hard to throw your hand up on this? Have you met him? <laughs> Goodness, I mean... Wrong is wrong is wrong. Home team in Hamilton, exclusively on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. Go home. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Welcome back to the Fishing Move. We've got a lot to fit in these last few moments. Before we get to the uh, go home question, uh, I have a couple things I want to hit. Uh, last year, or last year, last week, uh, 
to the day, it was five years ago, that we had lost um, Dusty Rhodes. Today, it's two years to the day that we lost uh, Vader. Uh, he is one of the, he was one of the best big men in wrestling, in my opinion. Him doing the moonsault off the top rope, he could move. Uh, man, his punches they looked stiff. I would not want to be on one of the receiving ends of those. It's a shame uh, that he is not in the WWE Hall of Fame, and that now that when he does go, he won't be alive to uh, you know be able to celebrate that honor. But he definitely belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I hope. Now, his WWE run wasn't that great, but his WCW and his Japan work uh, were outstanding, uh, though at least well, from what I've seen from Japan. But, um, I, you know, thoughts and prayers with their family uh, as they have to look, go through this day missing their father. Uh, there was something else I wanted to ask, but I can't remember what it was. If you'd have had a show sheet, you might remember. Well, I got the go-home question because he did send us that part of the show sheet. He did contribute into the show. See, so let's I go did ahead something with that. this week. What is one unpopular wrestling take you have? Now, since you've obviously wanted to do this question, you have an answer, so you go first. Well, here's the problem, and this is what happens when you don't do a show sheet and you find yourself discombobulated. My answer actually was the hot take I took early in the show when I said that Mauro Ronaldo is completely overrated as an announcer. That's where I was going to go. But if you guys would like to tackle that, I might be able to come up with another one. So this was his question that he came up with, and now he doesn't have an answer to it? You know, I don't know how many people will listen to this show. We owe them an apology. This is an hour of their life. They'll never get back. Chad, I'm sorry. If they took the time to sit here and listen to us, Chad, we owe you one. We're sorry. You you come back to Atlanta. The first beer is on, on Colwell. Oh, what I did want to throw out there, I forgot. This was the other thing I wanted to throw out besides the go-home question. Uh, I texted with our our friend uh, Brandon Benefield, who uh, works with SHW, and he let me know that they have a big announcement coming up on July 1st. Uh, and they'll be uh, announcing, hopefully, a return date coming up July 1st. So if you're an SHW fan that's local here in Georgia, always support our local indie products. They are up in Canton. Georgia, not too far. Yes, Kenton. Uh, so, uh, and they do, I think usually they do the first Friday of every month. Is that I think correct? that's usually what it was unless there was like a holiday or something. Yeah, so, uh, but they have a big announcement coming up on July 1st. Make sure you follow them on social media, SHW on Facebook, and I believe on Twitter you can find them as well. Uh, so has anyone got an answer to his question yet? That's a no. To the fine folks that have wasted an hour of their life listening to this show, we really do apologize. We'll do right. better next That was week. a very right. unpopular do we question. For, do we have a time for a question then, or we got to go? We're kind of, you know, we wasted this much time as you paid Memorial to Vader. Well, all right, biggest, best, best big man in wrestling, dead or alive. One, just give me their name, because we got to go. Andre. Nash. Kevin Nash? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say Yokozuna. Uh, 